Hello everyone and welcome to The Stagey Place, the podcast where I, Elliot, get to chat with those who work behind the scenes in theatre to create the magic that you see on stage. And on episode 65 today, I am with the lighting designer of Zombiegate, currently playing at Theatre 503, Danny Vavrechka. It was so wonderful to interview Danny very, very recently as the show is currently on at Theatre 503 to talk about what it's like to read a script for the very first time and get ideas of what designs may look like, but also hearing Danny's story of how he was training in technical theatre during the pandemic. So for me, I feel like this interview is very fresh and a very modern take of how lighting designers are doing these days post-pandemic. So I think everyone's going to really enjoy this episode as I hope you do listening to this interview. So without any further ado, here is episode 65 of The Stagey Place with lighting designer Danny Vervrechka. Hello Danny and welcome to The Stagey Place. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. We are today, Danny, going to be talking about Zombie Gate, which you are the lighting designer for. It's been a while on the stage place here since we've had designers come on. We used to do a lot of lighting designers, set designers, sound designers. We've been doing a lot of writers and performers recently. So it's nice to bring us back to lighting design, which I think plays such an important part in theatre. But Danny, what I'd love to know with Zombie Gate, it's currently playing at Theatre 503 until the 19th of November. How did you get involved in the production as a lighting designer? So I was actually one of the last members of the team to be brought on board. Zombiegate started out life quite a number of years ago before the pandemic. And since then, I believe that there have been several times that it's tried to make the journey from post to stage. But obviously the pandemic got in the way of that. So there was originally a lighting designer attached to it at the very start of its journey. And through all those iterations, obviously different people changed. And I was asked by Julian Bruton, the director, and Amin Hamid, the producer, to come on board a couple of months ago. Amazing. Perfect. And Danny, we'll talk more about Zombie Gate and your designs and how you see designs when you read a script. But first of all, what I'd love to know about all of my guests is how they got involved in theatre. So for you, Danny, when did theatre become part of the picture and you decided that actually you wanted a career within theatre? I was one of those really weird kids that always knew exactly what they wanted to do. And just like going to see Panto as a kid and like, just knowing, yeah, that's what I want to do. I don't want to be on stage. I want to be the person at the back who I didn't know what that job was. The person at the back, pressing all those big shiny buttons and doing the lighting. And obviously that wasn't quite what the job was, but that was, yeah, that was still very much kind of the starting point of just going to see something and going, wow, that's amazing. I want to make that but I don't want to be the person on stage making it. I want to be the person behind the stage. Yeah. Making it. yeah. And so tell me about your journey then into becoming a lighting designer. Where have you trained? You know, what kind of stuff have you done in the past? I joined the National Youth Theatre at age 16 to do their technical courses. And that was a really cool brain explosion moment of going, wow, this is, this is a whole thing. This is a whole industry. Because yeah. I guess the thing with people that do kind of lighting and sound or technical stuff at school it's normally just them. It's normally, you know, in the school hall, most of the kids will be on stage. It'll normally be that one kid that's at the back who wants to yeah. do lighting or whatever. And it's really cool that through MIT, suddenly you're in a room with kind of 20 or 40 other kids that also want to do lighting and sound and stage management. You don't always get that within a kind of school environment because normally you're like the one weird kid that's like, I want to 
do that. So that was really, really cool. I knew that I loved like everything to do with theatre. So I went to study theatre at the University of Warwick, which was kind of doing everything, doing, you know, playwriting, dramaturgy, world theatre, devising, everything. And that was a really cool kind of training ground of just being able to make work that wasn't necessarily part of the course. I did quite a lot of design work at the Warwick Arts Centre just as a student, not assess part of the course, just in my spare time, which was a really great way of like learning how to experiment, making mistakes, doing very, very bad work, doing a bit better work and just doing all of that kind of in my free time with a load of other lovely students that also wanted to be pursuing this. So then after that, I then trained at uh, the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama in Cardiff, which was great. That was unfortunately during the pandemic. So yeah. a bit of a, a bit of an interesting time, but they were amazing at kind of keeping production work going throughout. And I graduated last summer. Great. And tell me a little bit about how does a technical course work through the pandemic? Because obviously I'm guessing a lot of it must have been over laptops and stuff like that. So what kind of stuff do you learn and do you think learning over the pandemic, was it really vital? Did you learn a lot? Like, you know, how, how would you say learning over the pandemic benefits the career that you're in now? Well, I was really, really lucky in that I was studying in Wales. And Wales, obviously, health is a devolved issue. So it was a completely yes. different approach to central UK government in that production work kept going. We kept <laughs> making shows in person in real life. There were significant restrictions that we were operating under in terms yeah. of keeping each other safe. And we made sure that we did all of that. I know that a lot of students, everything went completely online. And for yeah. kind of design students, that meant doing everything online, doing lighting designs online, using visualization software to make your designs. But in Cardiff, everything kept going as normal. But that meant that there were some very interesting kind of artistic decisions that you had to make. I did an opera in the very final bit of the course, yeah. which was an absolutely huge undertaking during the pandemic. But obviously opera singers during COVID, yeah. we had to operate under two or three meters. Everybody had to kind of be a part on stage. I think we called them spit bubbles. They had to be within their spit bubble yeah. to do their singing. After they'd left the spit bubble, there was a certain amount of time before another person could go into the spit bubble just to keep everyone safe. But from a design point of view, that becomes a really fascinating discussion about how do we design a show, an opera, where yeah. that is part of the world. We were really clear that we didn't want it to feel like, oh, well, we tried to design this, but obviously COVID restrictions, so please forgive us. Blah, 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 blah. It was like, no, 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 this has to be part of the world of the play, of the drama, of the music, of the score. How do we do that? So, yeah, there was some really fun and challenging artistic considerations that came out of a very, like, practical situation. Yeah, that's incredibly exciting. And let's talk about, then, the beginning stages of designing a show. We can talk about Zombie Gate, or we can talk about any part of a script that you've ever read. So when you're reading a script for a first time, do you have concrete ideas of what your design is going to be after that first read? Or do you read it first and understand the story and the characters and where they are within the world itself and then read further on and read again and again and again and then start creating your designs for shows? It kind of changes with each project. Sometimes you will read a text and you see it on the page and you know exactly how it's going to look without even kind of delving too much into it. It doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes you will just read a scene and go, 
I know exactly how that's going to look. I know what the cues are. I know what the atmosphere is. I can see it. And sometimes that doesn't happen at all. And you kind of go, I have no idea. And you have to just keep processing it. And you might even get into the technical rehearsal. So have no idea. And with yeah. Zombie Gate, that did happen. But there were scenes that I knew exactly how it was going to look. And that's how they did end up looking. And there were also scenes where no idea. And we discussed it myself, the director and the designer. We kind of didn't have that those concrete ideas. And it's only when you're in the room playing, experimenting, trying stuff, that you then start to see things and you go, oh, actually, this might work like this and like that. There were a lot of things in Zombie Gate that they didn't exist until the technical rehearsals. They weren't ideas that were talked about. And it was through kind of just being together as a team, through playing, through experimenting, that you then start to go, oh, actually, this weird thing happened earlier where this light came on. That actually worked. Can we try it like this or however? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you've just said there is really important. It's about collaboration, right? Because you were just saying that you're talking with the designer, I'm guessing the set designers and directors as well, and really working together to make a show happen. I've seen some of the shots from Zombie Gate already with the puppetry, and it looks very Punch and Judy, as I've seen already, and very surreal and stuff. So I'm guessing those kind of ideas you can kind of maybe gauge from like different productions that maybe have done that sort of thing. Is there any influences for you as a designer in general that you like aim towards like have you ever seen a show or a designer and always like pick up on like their designs yeah I think probably true for all designers across all disciplines whether you're set sound costume lighting whatever is that you have a bit of a magpie mentality that you're always kind of just taking bits and bobs and just storing it in the back of your mind and that doesn't have to be from theatre it can be sat on the bus watching the way that the sun goes through the trees okay cool put that in the back pocket sometimes it shows sometimes it's films art exhibitions photography tv whatever it is you just kind of build up a kind of mental image bank or idea bank of things that you might see in the world or in other art forms that you may want to call upon at a later point. When you are watching previews of a production, let's say with Zombie Gate, you had a couple of previews before a press night. When you're watching these previews, how much of the design for you has changed from the beginning preview to the press night? Are you always watching every single show and going, right, we can tweak here and there? Obviously, you know, with some shows and some venues, you may only have little time between previews and press to actually change these designs. How much are you looking at your designs when you're in the previews? And also, I guess writers can like listen to the audience and gauge how they are responding to the words. Are you also listening and watching the audience in the way that they are engaging with the designs of the show? Always, yeah. I try and go to all the previews. Zombie Gate had a week's worth of previews, which was really useful to kind of fine tune the show. I think there's that balance though of you obviously want to keep seeing the show to kind of find new things and to keep discovering how things are working every night with a different audience. But also you're always conscious that sometimes looking at things over and over again may not necessarily help you. And that it's that thing of not being able to see the wood from the trees. You're kind of so in it. It's about being able to take a step back and actually a preview period is quite useful that because obviously the preview is every night. Mm. You're not in a tech looking at it all day. You can kind of have a bit of breathing space. You can come back and see it with fresh eyes and go, well, actually, that scene that we were worried about in tech that we were looking at and trying to fine tune, that works fine. Just from going away and coming back, you can see what works. But also you're able actually to see the flow and pace of a show that you may not necessarily get in a dress rehearsal. You definitely don't get it in tech. Because tech, you're moving kind of methodically through it. 
different pacing. Sometimes you'll be doing things lots of times. Sometimes you'll be doing them once. So you don't really get a sense of how the show's shape is developing. And a dress rehearsal, there's lots of other things kind of going on in people's minds and things may not be quite ready. So actually, a preview period, you can really start to see how the shape of the show has kind of changed and how the lighting needs to change with it sometimes. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Danny, thank you so much for coming on to talk about Zombiegate, which is at Theatre 503 until the 19th of November. Danny, let's talk about what you're moving on to after Zombiegate. So so tell us what other projects you've got going on at the moment, because obviously listeners to this podcast may listen to this, but may have missed Zombiegate. Obviously, this episode is going out in the final week of its run. So what else have you got coming up in the future that people could potentially come and see? So a week tomorrow, I open Love Goddess, the Rita Hayworth musical at the Cockpit Theatre. It's a brand new musical about the life of Rita Hayworth. It should be a fairly spectacular musical. We've got a wonderful team, including a brilliant choreographer that has done some absolutely phenomenal sequences, including Fred Astaire, who is one of the characters in the musical, as he was in Rita Hayworth's life. And there's some absolutely fabulous kind of tap routines, Fred Astaire routines that I think a lot of people are going to be amazed to see. Yeah, and the cockpit also has an amazing gantry lighting. Like, it's phenomenal. I know that I've done a couple of designs there when I used to be a lighting designer years ago. When I started out in the industry, you kind of just like jump on board with whatever you can. The gantry at the cockpit is a wonderful, wonderful space. We're going to talk now about advice, Danny, that you may have for people who want to become a lighting designer or a designer in any aspect of theatre so what advice Danny would you give younger people who are looking to get into designing in the theatre industry? I think I would probably just say do it at your own pace and don't panic I think that there's sometimes with social media there can be that very stressful thing of seeing what everyone else is doing what all of your peers are doing and you kind of think oh everyone else is going to do this show and oh this person's won this award and I haven't done that yet and whatever and that is just so unnecessary And everybody develops differently. Everybody's practice develops differently. And it's just about finding the shows, the teams and the styles that works for you individually. If it takes a decade to be making the kind of work that you know that you want to make, fine. If it takes you six months to find that, that's also great. Yeah, I think it's about, yeah, just crafting your own voice and your own designs in a way. And I guess, you know, you were just talking about there, a lot of people on social media. I think everybody's leaving one social media platform at the moment, <laughs> which is showcasing a lot of stuff. So I think uh, I think it will be a very different world in a couple of years of, uh, of how we see things. But yeah, I think, you know, we can always get like stuck in the midst of everybody else who is constantly putting on work whether or not that be commercially or elsewhere in London and they're constantly on shows and stuff yeah sometimes you can get bogged down and it may be you know due to location you know a lot of stuff that gets showcased is in London and you know there's a lot of people who may not be London based but I completely agree with what you've just said there I think it's really important to find your own pace in this industry because everybody does have a voice and a chance and a design to show off it's just when that time comes and it'll be a really special time so Danny thank you so much for that piece of advice 
We're going to move over to the final question of this podcast today, Danny, and that is the title of this podcast, and that is the stagey place. And what I'd love to know from all of my guests is whereabouts their stagey places. So, Danny, for you, this could be the theatre that you first went to. It could be one of the pantos that you saw as a child and went, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to be that person who is pressing those buttons and making those designs. It could be a theatre that maybe you've worked in. It could be Theatre 503. It could maybe be the cockpit that you're going in to it could be the Royal Welsh College it may not even be a theatre itself but the place where you create your designs and read the scripts in front of you imagining what the show may look like so Danny reveal to us whereabout is your stagey place well it's actually um, a theatre that I went to quite a lot as a kid and it's a company called the Little Angel Puppet Theatre which is very appropriate because Zombie Gate has a lot of puppetry in it and I went yeah quite a lot the work that they make is just absolutely incredible and I remember just being absolutely spellbound aged six or whatever going to see work in there and they often make incredible things with just the simplest of techniques and I can still vividly remember going to see a production of Jonah and the Whale and I remember the way that they did the inside of the whale because obviously there's one point where Jonah is swallowed by the whale was one of the performers stood in the aisle holding a candle in front of a wicker basket and all around the theatre there were just these kind of outlines of the inside of the whale basically yeah Um, and it yeah just beautiful beautiful work like that that is so simple but it's crafted with such care and consideration for kind of how that affects their young audience how it affects the storytelling yeah amazing work that's amazing. I also love the Little Angel Theatre. I, you know, I went to go and see The Man with Enormous Wings, I think, about five, six years ago. And again, was just completely spellbounded by the puppetry and the designs. I think it's a lovely little, little theatre full of so much heart and soul and really knows what it's going for with its programming. Danny, that's the end of our podcast. So thank you so much again for coming on to talk about Zombie Gate. You are the lighting designer and it runs until the 19th of November. Danny, once again, thank you so much for coming on to The Stagey Place. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk to you. And there we go. That was my interview with Danny Verechka, the lighting designer of Zombie Gate, currently playing at Theatre 503 until the 19th of November. Now, I know that this episode is going out on its final week at Theatre 503. So if you've been able to catch the production, do let us know your thoughts. Or if you're still able to catch the production, we'll have the ticket link in our episode notes wherever you are streaming this episode. I'd love to thank Danny also once again for coming onto the podcast to talk about Zombie Gate as well as what it's been like training throughout the pandemic. I thought it was a really interesting, fascinating talk and I hope that you guys also thought so too. So until next time here on The Stagey Place, I hope you're keeping safe and you are staying stagey. Goodbye.